welcome to the Anchor Church Podcast. To learn more about Anchor Church, go to www.anchorchurch.life. During our Love Maitland series, we learn how to practically live out the Great Commission. In the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus is asked the question, Which is the greatest commandment? He answered, Love God with all of your heart, and with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. And the second is like it, Love your neighbor as yourself. And then again, at the Last Supper, He says the same thing, but with a twist, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples. This time, Jesus replaced your neighbor with one another. This new love that Christ commands of us goes much deeper than the Old Testament commandment he was quoting in Matthew. The people we have been commanded to love has expanded beyond our neighborhoods to include Well, everyone. And this includes people who might make this commandment a bit difficult. Like that confrontational coworker who just seems impossible to get along with. Or your in-laws who've never treated you like a part of the family. Or maybe the person you just met who you don't even know and really need some help. You see, Jesus knew his physical time on earth was nearing an end. So in this new take on the old commandment, Jesus also made another change. The words, as yourself, became, as I have loved you. Wow, that's a tough act to follow. Christ's sacrificial life provides a clear and concrete example of real and true love. And he put this love on display on a daily basis with his disciples. He was patient with them, speaking kindly and showing great concern for their welfare. He instructed counsel and comforted them, prayed with them and for them. He admonished them for wrongdoing and yet compassionately bore with their failings. And most of all, he gave his life, dying so that they and we might live. According to Jesus, this is how others will know that you are one of his followers, not because you have a shirt or a bumper sticker that says so, Not because we announce it from a stage or a blog or a status update. But because they look at you, at how you live, the things you do and say, and they see Jesus. They see love. And with that, love, Maitland, is the theme for the month of July. And we'll be talking a little bit about that. And one of the things that I want to point out and share with you just in in that is when you received your worship guide today... Inside there, there's a few different things, but I love what is written in here, and it says this, do you love where you are right now? And so the idea for Love Maitland is simply this, that we're a church that is planted here in the city, in the community of Maitland. God has us here for a purpose and for a reason. I believe that we're going to be reaching the people that live in our communities and in the areas around here, but that's not exclusively to Maitland, because it says here in Acts chapter 1, Jesus tells the disciples that they will receive power from the Holy Spirit and they will be his witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And we believe that the same is true today. That's why we exist as a church. And God has planted Anchor Church in Maitland. 
We love Maitland. We love it because of that. And we have a tremendous opportunity to reach the people around us for Jesus, but we're not just called to reach our neighbors, our city, and our state. We are called to reach the entire world. And so this month, we'll be talking about the Great Commission, what it means for us, and what it means for Maitland, and what it means for the entire world. So with that being said, I know the people that are here at this church, they don't live in Maitland, and that's fine. It's, it's about loving people and loving your area and loving where you are. And so the question that was put into the worship guide for the month is, do you love where you are right now? That's the simple thought that that uh, are you reaching and do you care about the neighbors that you have? God has you placed in a certain place to reach the people and talk to the people and live life with people that where you are. And you may come to the church and you may be here at Anchor Church every single week. And, and, and do you love where you are right now? Are you involved with getting to know more people? Are you involved with serving? Are you involved with anchor groups? Are you involved with uh, being a part of the community that is here at Anchor Church? Are you involved with your neighbors? Are you loving on your neighbors? Are you sharing things with your neighbors? Are you involved in loving the community that you are right now? Because that is what Jesus has called us to do. He has called us, as the video shared, to love. And so that's really the challenge for the month. The month challenge is, is do you love where you are right now? Are you loving the people around you and the community around you? And it doesn't necessarily have to be Maitland. It is exclusively Maitland for us to share with us on a Sunday morning because that's where we are. That's where God has us. So all of that to say that we want to love and care and, and, and reach out to our, our neighbors and our neighborhoods and our communities and our towns because that's what Jesus wanted us to do. And the idea of love... Uh, Maitland, the, the, the word love is really kind of what I want to talk about today because uh, if we are really going to understand how we can love the people and the community around us, then we need to understand the word love. And a few months ago, uh, Danielle shared a few different things up here. She spoke and was talking about the different types of love. There are four different types of love that we see in the Greek. There's, uh, there's yeah, eros, which is an erotic type of love that, uh, that you know, it doesn't need a whole lot of explanation to a lot of you guys, but it's, it's an attractional Love that you see, love at first sight is more of an eros love. We have a storage love, which is uh, like a like a um, like a brother sister type love, or like a, a love that I might have for my kids. That type of love. Uh, there is a um, uh, the first one I forgot already. Um, that. Huh? Philia, there we go. Thank you. It's a brotherly love. And, uh, and that is like, like I said, it's where we get the name Philadelphia. It's a brotherly type love that you have uh, for a friend or for even a brother or a sister. And then we have agape love. And agape love is the uh, love that Jesus has for us. It is a, a love that has no requirements to it. It is a love you because I love you. It's a love you because I don't care about what's going on in your life. I don't care what's, going, what's happening. I love you because I love you. It is a non, um, no strings attached type love. It's a sacrificial love, just like Jesus sacrificed his life for us on the cross. And this is the type of love in the video that it was talking about. It's the type of love that we see when we read in John, in John chapter uh, 13. That was the verse that was quoted in the video, and I just want to read it here for you real quick. It says this in John chapter 13, verse 34. It says, I give you a new command. Love one another just as I have loved you. So... Um, you must, uh, you must also love one another. By this, people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So this is a type of love that is, it is an agape love. 
It's a love that has no strings. It is a love that, uh, that Jesus has. And he's telling us to love one another in the same way. Just as I have loved you, must you love one another. And by this, people will know who I am because they will see it. And so it is a, it's a heavy thing. It's a hard thing for us to understand this type of love. But this is the type of love that we're wanting to have for our neighbors and for our community and for the people around us. That it doesn't matter who you are or what you're going through or what life has, has handed you or what you may have done to me or done to others. I still love you. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter what shape you are, what color you are. It doesn't matter. It, none of that matters. I love you. That's a hard thing. And this is the type of love that Jesus demonstrated for us on the cross. Because when you think about who we are as individuals, as you think about who you are and the things that happen in your life and the way that you might treat people physically or verbally or the way that you might treat them in your mind when you've been wronged or just even the selfish desire that we have, we know that we're not perfect. That's something we talked about last month when we talked about the real series. And we're all going through something. We all have something going on, and I want this to be a real place. Honestly, when we started Anchor Church a long time ago, long time ago in my mind, it's been like three, four years ago that I started praying about this church. I wanted it to be a real place for real people to come and find hope. And the idea of the anchor, the anchor is a hope for the soul. And Jesus is the anchor for our lives. It's really kind of where this all comes from because we want to have a church and a community of people that when they come, they realize, listen, I don't have to have everything perfect because Jesus was the one who was perfect. I want to come together and be a part of this community because I want to find hope. I want to find more people like me so that I can live my life growing in a relationship with Jesus. That's where, that's where it all really kind of begins. And so when we take a look at the great commandment, and we're talking about this love, this agape love that Jesus is talking about, one of the greatest things that he did, that he commissioned, it's called the great commission to the disciples and to all of us before he left the earth. He said these words, and they're, they're marked in, in, in Matthew chapter 28. I'll start in verse 18. When they came to him, he said this. He said, all authority has been given to me which is a really big statement in itself. Jesus is claiming all authority has been given to him from God the Father. You gotta realize that the Old Testament is what everybody knew. And they knew that there was gonna be this savior that came, this Messiah. And Jesus has done what he's done. Some people even at this, at this point are still quite, not quite believing that this is really Jesus. This really is the Messiah. They're having a hard time with it. It's hard to comprehend and Jesus is claiming something really big right now. He's saying, all authority has been given to me. So all the authority that you know that God the Father has, he has now given it to me. It's a bold statement that sometimes we just read through real fast. But he says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And he says this, he says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you. So everything that we've been going through, guys, 
These 11 disciples, the 11 remaining disciples, everything that we've been going through over the last two and a half years, everything that I've taught you, number one being, being love. There's some good things that Jesus has given us, faith, hope, and love, but love being the greatest, this agape love that he has for us, teaching you everything that I have uh, commanded and, and everything that you've observed. Remember that I'm going to be with you always to the very end of the age, which is a great, great promise that we, we eternally have Jesus in our life. If we are in Christ, we have Jesus for all of our time to the end of the age. So Jesus is commissioning these disciples, which this commission is now passed down to us, to go to the nations and make disciples. And so the first thing that when we look at this, when we look at the Great Commission, and we can kind of go through the who, what, where, when, I want to look at who. Who is this talking about? The Great Commission who? who? Who is supposed to do this? Because it says right here, the 11 disciples, they were traveling and Jesus called them in. They walked up. They're like, yeah, what's up? You know? And then Jesus said, hey, listen, this is what it is. All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth, and I want you to go. So is it pertaining to just these 11 disciples? No. Because what they did is they went. They went and they were a part of the Great Commission. They went to the different areas of Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. And they began to teach the way of Jesus. And they began to instruct and, 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 and show the love of Christ to the people around them. They, a lot of them did not get a, 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 you know, a perfect funeral at the end of the day. They went through some rough stuff. But what happened is, is this church began the early church started because of what these remaining disciples were a part of. And so what we see on a, daily, on a weekly basis from the church, even now to this, to this 2018, it all started because of what happened with these 11 disciples that have been passed on from generations to generations. So the Great Commission involves every single one of us. If we are in Christ, if the Holy Spirit resides in you, if you've made a decision to say, you know what, I want Jesus in my life. Jesus, I need you. I'm a sinner. I'm broken. I need you to come into my life. I need you to save me. If you've made that confession to say, Jesus, I need you in my life, the point where he changes everything, that what he did for you on the cross, you recognize and you accept if that is a part of who you are, then the Great Commission is for you. It is a responsibility for you. You have been commissioned to live out the words of what Jesus is instructing here. He says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations and baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Now, are you supposed to go to all around the world and just tell people about Jesus and baptizing them in the water? That looks different. So the very next thing I want to talk about is what? The Great Commission, what? What does that look like? You have a great opportunity to reach and teach people that are around you now. It doesn't necessarily mean that you go to on the other side of the earth. Now, I would, I would love and encourage you to go uh, on a mission trip sometime because you get a different perspective when you go on a missions trip. I've been into a couple of different third world countries and you just gain a completely different perspective. The greatest thing that would ever happen for you to go on a trip like that is that you see God and you see your life a whole lot differently. Yeah, you might do something when you're there. Yeah, you might be a part of a medical clinic or yeah, you might do something that might be significant when you're there. But the biggest difference that will happen is what God does in your life in, a, in an environment like that. So the Great Commission, what? What does it look like? For me, in this church, I can tell you right now, we're going to talk about some real things. 
really one of the big things that spurred this whole movement in my life to start a church, to be a part of, uh, of living out what God has called me to do, it, it, there's, a, there's, a, there's a story involved. And it's not an easy one, but I'm going to share it with you. Um, I, there was a guy that was coming to the church that I was involved in a, a few years ago. And um, it, it was just one of those moments where he was by himself, okay? Anybody ever walk into a church by themselves? Some of you are by yourself today, right? Um, when you walk into a church by yourself, it can be an intimidating thing. So one of the things that we always talk about in our rallies, we always have a pre-service rally, is that please don't let anybody sit alone. Don't sit, if you sat alone this morning, I am sorry, that is not supposed to happen. And, and if you want to help, not people, help, not help people not sit alone, then come and serve and be a part of our anchor crew because we want to just reach and teach people and help people um, feel comfortable in an environment like this. So with that being said, there was this guy, he came into our church and he was alone. And I noticed that because sometimes his family was with him. So he was leaving. I was saying bye to people much like I do here. I stand by the door and I was saying bye. And he came by and he didn't look happy. And I was like, hey man, you all right? And he just stopped in that moment and, he, and, and, and tears were coming down his face. I said, you know, what's going on? I said, hey, do you, want, do you want to get together? We can just talk. And he said, yeah, yeah, let's get together. Because he's talking about some things that were happening in his marriage. And I said, let's get together. Let's get the kids. We'll, we'll go. We, and we went to Chick-fil-A. And the kids were playing in Chick-fil-A. And, and, um, and we sat and we talked for, I don't know, two hours. And he was telling me about things that were happening in his life. But a lot of it was a front. A lot of it was not really getting deep into what was happening in his life. And those are the things that I was asking and that's one of the things I feel like when we have a church, one of the, the main things that, when we, when we, that I started this church is because I want to have a safe environment for people to feel like they can be real. And so when I stand up here and I said this last week and I talk about the things that are going on in my life that might not be perfect, I'm, I'm not trying to not be above reproach, but I just want to be real with you because I'm a real person, right? Just like everybody else. And so when I do that, I feel like I'm setting the tempo to be able to invite you to share some things in your life that might not be perfect so that you can get over whatever it is that you're getting over, that you need to get over because I believe that Jesus can absolutely do anything. Do you believe that? Do you believe that Jesus can absolutely do anything in your life? Let me hear you. Do you believe that? Because listen, he can. And I think that sometimes we try to hide that inside somehow. We put up fronts. Even when people are asking us how things are going, they're going great. They're not going great. And sometimes we don't create the environment for us to be able to actually share that, but that's why we do groups so that you can get to know each other. You can get connected, know what's going on in each other's lives so you can spend time together so that when you're going through something that's rough and you can actually say, hey, pray for me this week. I've got something going on this week that uh, I'm not really looking forward to. And that might be the only thing that you say, but listen, you just tore open a big uh, uh, wall in your life. So the people in your group can then follow up because you've got great people that in your group that will follow up, will text you a day later, two days later, and say, hey, how's it going? I know that you were having a rough week or you were thinking it was gonna be bad. How's it going? Praying for you this week. You know how much that means to people? Have you ever received that from somebody? Have you? It means everything when people care about you and when they're asking, genuinely asking what's going on in your life, when they're being real and just asking. So I'm sitting at the Chick-fil-A with this guy and he wasn't sharing everything with me. He was sharing some things and we left. We left the Chick-fil-A. He got his two kids. I had my two kids. They were playing and they were having a good time. 
And then um, he was in and out of the church and the family was there and, and I didn't really have a great time to actually talk to him much after that. About a month and a half later, it was on the local news. This was the guy that was in our house. Family was in our house, but it turned out that he ended up um, ending his life and ending the life of his whole family. And I was rocked by that. Even to this day, it's so hard to talk about. But I was determined two, three years ago, whenever that was, I was determined that there was never gonna be a church, an environment. I wanted to start a church at that point. I believed that God was wanting me to start a church. And I, I said, there, my church is never gonna be an environment where somebody can just walk in and, and hide something like that. I want people to feel like that they can be real. And so when we're talking about the Great Commission, we're talking about this opportunity and what that looks like, it means just engaging with people, caring about people, loving people, showing the agape love and just asking the questions and getting to know people, being involved with different things where you can be involved, serve where you can serve, be a part of a group and just get connected. Sometimes we have Bible studies where we're like in there. And sometimes we have Bible studies where we're just cooking. But that's the whole point is that we can come together and be a part of the body together. And that's what that looks like. So the Great Commission, what and where? Jesus says in all the nations, in all parts of the world, we can go to different nations or different, uh, it says nations here in, in different, um, uh, um, well, we'll go with nations. Different worlds to the other parts of the world. What does that look like? Where do we go? Maybe I don't have the funds or I can't go somewhere, but have you ever, I'm a big sports fan, so like they call it the Gator Nation, Right? Like, there are different sub-nations of everything. Like, have you ever, have you ever um, been asked the question, hey, what's going on in your world this week? Hey, how's it going in the world of finance? Hey, how's it going in the banking world or uh, the banking industry, right? We all have these different worlds that we live in. And so when Jesus is telling us to go to the uttermost parts of the world, yes, that means go to the different areas, share the gospel, go somewhere, go to, go to Africa, which we've got some people coming back from Africa today. Yes, go there. But realistically, on our day-to-day -day basis, we're not going to Kenya, but you're going to work every single day. And that's your world. Jesus has planted you there in that environment, in that community, to speak to people, to share love with people, to be able to give them the love that may, they might not get anywhere else. So I encourage you that with that today, that the Great Commission is for you. The Great Commission is, is, is just sharing love with people and caring about people because we love when people care for us, so we should extend that care for other people. And it's in the world that we live in right now. It's not like, hey, I'm raising money for the next nine months, then I'm gonna go share the gospel and be a part of the Great Commission. No, it is now. It is today. It's before you even leave here today. Say hey to somebody that you've never said hey to before and just see what's going on in their life. But hey, it's being a part of the world that you live in, the nation that is around you, and it could be your family. It could be your family. 
because I was thinking about this this, this week. Uh, we have a playroom at the house that the kids play in. <laughs> for those of you that have been in my house, you know what I'm thinking right now. That room never is clean, except for when I spend two or three hours in there or my wife spends two or three when I spend two or three hours in there and when my wife spends four or five hours in there is when it really is clean, right? Because it takes me, no, I'm just kidding. But it takes some time because the, there's, there's stuff everywhere. Those of you that have kids, you know they like to put things away all the time, right? So I was thinking about this this week. I was like, I need to not be the God of wrath and anger because my children are not putting up their toys, because how great do we respond to people that give us the wrath and anger? But I need to walk in there with agape love that says, no matter if you put your Lego, I stepped on four or five of them walking in here with bare feet, but I love you anyway. <laughs> Let's put these things together. Let me show you how. Because that's exactly what Jesus did. Jesus came down, and instead of this, this, the wrath of God that we see that was happening in the Old Testament, Jesus came down, and he shared this love with us that is so different, so counterculture. And he says, hey, I've stepped on some of your stuff, and it doesn't feel good. I've got a few of your stuff right here in my hands and in my feet, and it doesn't feel good, but I love you anyway. That's the type of love that we should be extending to the nations that are around us, to the people in our families, number one, to the people that live in our area, number two, to the people that we live life with on a daily basis, number three, and to the people in the world around us, number four. It just extends from beyond, and it all starts with us. I have a saying that I used to teach in student ministry all the time that we always said we wanted to make Jesus famous because when Jesus is made famous, you know that it's not about you. It's about him, right? But I want to make Jesus famous, but the first thing that happens that has to happen is he has to be famous in my life first because if he's not famous in my life first, then he's not going to be famous in anybody else's life. There is no discipleship if Jesus isn't famous in my life first. So who? It's you. What? It's love. Where? It's the nations and the world around you. And finally, it's why. And it's why because Jesus is calling us to it. We love because he first loved us. He has set the tempo. He has set the thermometer, I don't know what it is, thermostat, right? Because when you set the thermostat at your house, which only I'm allowed to touch, by the way. It's nice and high so the kids can't reach it yet. Yet. But when we turn the... the the air up or we turn it down, the temperature gets there, right? Jesus has set the temperature for us to be able to follow. And that's why. 
We love Maitland. We love our families. We love the nations and the people around us and the communities and our neighbors and the co-workers and the list goes on and on and on and on. We love because he first loved us. That's why we love. That's why it happens. And I wanna encourage you today to take the Great Commission personally. To say, who's it about? It's about me. This is my commission. You could take, I know you like to think of your name as great, but you could take great out of this and it's no longer the Great Commission, it's the Justin Commission. Or it's the whoever you, whatever your name is. Don't, don't call it the Justin Commission. It's you, fill in the blank. How can I recognize, first of all, that then go and make disciples of all nations again, not just on the other side of the world, but in my, me personally, but then in my family, in my neighborhood, in my city, in my area, in the people that I work with or the people that I'm around every single day. How can I then make Jesus' name famous to them and teaching them about everything that Jesus has commanded? And when I fail, because it doesn't always happen, when I say the wrong thing or maybe I don't remember what I'm supposed to say, listen, that stuff doesn't matter. But what matters is that Jesus says that I am with you, Justin, always until the end of the age. That even in my failures, Jesus is there. Even when I don't get things right, Jesus is there. So even when I mess up and I, I haven't done everything that I think I need to do, when I fail, not just failing at like telling people what I think about Jesus, but when I like I'm at the house and I don't treat my kids or I don't treat my wife the way that I know that I'm supposed to that doesn't disqualify me from this. It says here that I am with you. We need to recognize that he is with us always to the very end of the age. Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel for more messages like this one.